Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for Monday, November 12th, 2018. And Monday, we have a nine-game slate. There's going to be a lot of situations I go through right now where I'm just going to have to kind of address it as this guy is questionable if he doesn't play. This is what I think will happen, or this guy could be a good play if he goes, because right now there are a ton of guys that are questionable. We have the fallout from the Jimmy Butler trade where the Minnesota Timberwolves are playing, and we don't know if Dario Saric and Robert Covington are going to be playing on Monday. So there's there's a lot up in the air. Uh, I'll have you know my usual article on Monday, and hopefully there'll be a little bit more clarity by tomorrow afternoon. Uh, if not, we'll have to update it uh, later in the day. Uh, the first game here to talk about the Orlando Magic at the Washington Wizards. We have both Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac considered questionable to play as of now. Uh, neither of them played on Sunday. Uh, at the time I'm recording this is about 6.30 on Sunday. So the expectation is that uh, Jarrell Martin is going to start in place of Aaron Gordon. Uh, he is min-priced. He is still min-priced for Monday. So if Gordon and Isaac are both out, I think we would have to assume that uh, that Martin is once again going to draw the start, and I'm going to assume that he's going to be a good value play. Uh, that's obviously pending that he gets plenty of minutes on Sunday, which which I expect to happen. There just isn't a lot of other guys to fill the minutes there for Orlando. Uh, I don't really think anybody else stands out as a great play. Uh, I think Gordon or Isaac, either one of them, could potentially be fine if they play. Uh, if Isaac plays, I do think there's a chance that he has a minutes restriction, but he's only 3,900. So if we do get the situation where Aaron Gordon is out, but Jonathan Isaac is in and not restricted, then Isaac could be a really strong value play at 3,900. Uh, but still, there's a lot to kind of figure out by uh, Monday with that game. For the Wizards side, uh, like I always say about Washington, I like them a lot more at home than when they're on the road. So we've got John Wall, 8,600, Bradley Bill at 7,100. I think both of them are pretty good plays here. Uh, Dwight Howard at 6,100. The minutes have been a little bit up and down for him. But for GPP, I like the upside because I still think that he has a really high ceiling. We haven't really seen it yet this year. But he's producing fairly well per minute. Uh, Let's see. Scoring 27.5 fantasy points in 29 minutes per game. Like, I definitely think that there are 40 to 50 fantasy point games for him. We just haven't seen it yet as he works his way into the rotation, kind of getting his probably conditioning after missing most of the start of the season with a back injury. Uh, next game, New Orleans Pelicans at the Toronto Raptors. He's another game. A lot of injuries. Nikola Mirotic, questionable. Alfred Payton, questionable. The guy who stands to gain the most here is Julius Randle if Mirotic is ruled out. We saw Randle move into the starting lineup last game. Played 37 and a half minutes, scored 48.75 DK fantasy points. If he's going to start at center, just 6,600 is too cheap a price for him, really for any matchup. Uh, I know the matchup against the Raptors isn't ideal. It's a little bit difficult. But still, Randall is such a good fantasy producer per minute that if we're going to put him into a role where he's going to be playing 35 to 40 minutes, he's just going to be somebody who should be priced like eight to 9,000 for the year. Uh, for the production he puts up this year. Only 25 minutes per game and scoring 33.5 fantasy points. So if we look at him, 6,600. Like, yeah, you need 25 minutes for him in a neutral matchup to, for him to be expected to pay off the 6,600 price tag. From the Toronto side of the game, I think that Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard both priced down a little bit after getting a little pricey after good starts to the year. Good matchup for them. This should be a really high-paced game. There's no point total or spread yet, but I'm going to assume that this is going to be 
uh, one of the, if not the highest totals on the slate. So for that reason, I think both Kawhi Leonard and Lowry make sense for uh, GPPs and cash games. Uh, next game, the Philadelphia 76ers at the Miami Heat. Still kind of trying to figure out what the Sixers uh, rotation is going to look like. Uh, then we're going to have to readjust once um, once Jimmy Butler gets there. But the minutes were pretty condensed last game against the Grizzlies. Also a pretty tough game uh, for them, a tough matchup. But we saw J.J. Redick move into the starting lineup. He's at 5,300. I think that we could expect him to play a bunch of minutes. He saw 35 minutes last game. I think we saw something uh, about similar for him. The other guy who played a ton of minutes was Landry uh, Shamit. He's only 3,400. He played 43 minutes last game. Not a great per-minute fantasy producer, but somebody who could be potentially playing around 40 minutes at 3,400. I think it's tough to ignore him. Uh, Joel Embiid has been really expensive recently, got up to 11,800, and now he's actually down to 10,100 in a fairly decent matchup for him against the Miami Heat. So I think that Embiid is a really good guy to pay up for on the slate. Uh, And then we just have the other value plays that also make sense for the Sixers with the roster turnover. The other thing also is, like I said at the top, just a, a reminder with Jimmy Butler, he is not expected to make his debut for Wednesday. So the expectation is that Butler will not play. And uh, oh, the other thing from last game is that Wilson Chandler was out last game. He's going to come back, but he's still expected to be on a minutes restriction. So not somebody to think that we want to roster quite yet, but there's a chance that he ends up being somebody in the starting lineup in the coming weeks at a cheap price without a minutes restriction. And he'll be worth looking at in that kind of scenario. From the Heat side of the game, we have everybody back healthy now for them. The Heat have a ton of bodies, and generally when they have like a couple of guys out, like when we had uh, Drogic out and we saw Whiteside out, that creates value on the Heat, but now they do actually have Wade still away for uh, the personal birth of his daughter. But still, Wade doesn't play a massive role in this team. This is, I think, we could we could avoid them until there's more obvious value where the, the rotation becomes a little bit clear when there are guys ruled out. Uh, next game is the Phoenix Suns of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, I think, are both fine plays. Uh, same with TJ Warren. None of them are, like, priorities for me, but they're, they're guys to consider. Ayton, pretty cheap cash game, uh, pretty cheap for his production and cash game consideration for me for that reason. 6,800, so we need 34 fantasy points for him to hit value. He has scored 35 or more in every single game this year other than three. So pretty safe for Eaton, a little bit of upside also. Uh, Matchup against the Thunder is kind of tough. They've been a top five defensive team so far this season. Uh, But still, I'm okay with uh, Phoenix in this spot. And then from the OKC side of the game, Paul George at 9700 still extra usage for him with uh, Westbrook out. The price has come up a little bit. I still think that he's in play, uh, not somebody that you need a force in. I would rather go to Embiid, maybe like Durant if Curry's out when I get to that game. And then Steven Adams, 6700 I think that he's a bit too cheap. As good as Aiton's been on offense in his rookie year, he's been terrible on defense. That's the most... Uh, fantasy-friendly matchup that any player could have as a center going up against the Suns. That's due to the struggles of Aiton. If you look at the last few games with Westbrook out of the lineup, 35, 42, and 41 fantasy points for Adams. One thing that really helps him is that he gets extra rebounds with Westbrook off the floor. And the reason for that is 
that one of the like people say about Westbrook is that he's a rebound hog, like he's somebody who steals rebounds to pad stats. Maybe that's true in a sense, but the other reality also is that the Thunder offense is better when the ball is in Westbrook's hands and when he's pushing the pace. So it's by design that he grabs the defensive rebounds and players start to run up the floor as soon as the the ball starts going towards Westbrook just so they could get their offense started faster. So without Westbrook there, more of the rebounds go to Adams and he sees a boost in his rebound rate. So it's 6,700 Adams, I think two under, I think too cheap. He's underpriced, good for cash games, good for GPPs. He's somebody that is a core play for me for Monday slate. Uh, next game is the Utah Jazz, the Memphis Grizzlies. Two of the best defense in the league, both played a really slow pace. It's just a fade for me all around. There's going to be better spots to target. Next game is the Brooklyn Nets at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, one thing that's going to play a pretty big impact here is I think that the Minnesota Timberwolves defense with Robert Covington is going to be improved over their defense without Robert Covington as this slate looks. So if Covington isn't going to play, this is a really crappy Timberwolves defense. If he does play, uh, still we could target the Nets, but not quite as good of a spot. Also from the Nets side of the game, Karis LeVert is questionable to play. If he's going to miss, then I think maybe we finally see uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson moved into the starting lineup. I know I've kind of been teasing that for a while now, and it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, if Hollis-Jefferson ends up starting and the Nets go with a bigger lineup, I think that he would be a good play at 4,200. There would also be a lot of extra usage for D'Angelo Russell if Levert can't play. Uh, we just kind of have to, once again, see what ends up happening. Is Levert going to be in or is Levert going to be out? From the Minnesota side of the game, Wiggins, Covington, Sarge, we don't know if any of them are going to play as of now. Uh, one guy who I do feel really good about being a solid play now with Butler gone is Carl Anthony Towns. I think that he was really negatively impacted by Butler. I think Butler was a pain in the ass. He did not get along with Towns. I think that caused some chemistry issues. We also saw Towns not get the ball a ton on offense, which he should get more touches now with Butler gone. 8900 I think that price goes way up for Towns from here. He's also a core play for me. He's somebody that I think you want to have in cash games, you want to have in GPPs. And the other thing that we have to look at with the Wiggins, Covington, Sarge situations, if they're all going to be out, there's going to be a bunch of cheap guys that are good values. Uh, Josh Okogie, 3900 he probably ends up moving into the starting lineup. Uh, Taj Gibson, not somebody who I generally like to target a lot, but there would be a bigger role for him. Uh, I think that there's a lot of potential value in Minnesota, depending on what ends up happening with who is in and out of the lineup. Dallas at Chicago, another game. We have a key injury. Luka Doncic is questionable. He has a thigh injury now. I think it is worth noting, though, the last couple of games, I think maybe three games in a row, he was questionable the night before the game and then got upgraded to probable before ultimately ending up ending up playing. So right now I'm going to assume that Doncic probably more likely to play than not play. But if he is out, We'd see a bigger role for DeAndre Jordan. We'd see more usage for Harrison Barnes, a uh, bigger role for J.J. Barea. So if if Doncic's out, there's another good amount of value on Dallas. Uh, just looking through this right now, this is going to be a really high-scoring slate because I think we could really have a bunch of cheap guys that there's value in. There's a bunch of high-priced guys to pay up for that are in decent spots. So that's just something to keep in mind is don't go look at this slate and you're like, oh, I have the – and think like you have the nut lineups. So you should go – play a lot more entries than usual when the the reality is the scores are going to be high for everybody like I think a lot of people get excited when they see a slate with a lot of value thinking that oh this is going to be a, a great slate but there is a such thing as too much value where it kind of 
uh, waters down the good plays on the slate just because there are so many plays that open up and you just can't fit all of them into a lineup. From the Bulls side of the game, we saw Ryan Archidiakono. Uh, Ryan Archidiakono move into the Bulls starting lineup last game. He did score 24 fantasy points at a cheap price, but he's not somebody who I think is particularly good still. Low usage rating for him, just 14%. The real reason that he ended up scoring so many fantasy points, and it wasn't even like a crazy high upside game, it was just a a decent value, is because he made 75% of his field goal attempts. I don't expect that to keep up. Uh, If there's a bunch of good value that opens up on the slate, then I think that we could avoid Archie Diakono at 3,700. If a lot of these guys who are questionable end up playing and we're kind of stretched for value, then I think he makes a little bit more sense at 3,700. But as I'm looking at it now, I, I don't think he's somebody who's going to end up in a whole lot of lineups for me. Uh, next game is the San Antonio Spurs at the Sacramento Kings. From the Spurs side of the game, I'm just going to look at Derek White from last game. Uh, I think that he's somebody to roster. I liked him the first game he started, and he kind of put up a dud, only ended up playing 16 minutes. Maybe I shouldn't have been quite as high on him since it was his first game uh, back after dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, or was it? Uh, no, knee. It was a uh, a foot injury for uh, Derek White. But if you look at his second game, 30 minutes, scored 34.5 fantasy points. So a lot more minutes, a lot more production from him. He's going to be the starting point guard for them. Like He's somebody who I'd look at as a stronger play with more upside than Archie Diakono, just because I think that Derek White's the better player. So 4,300, I think that Derek White makes sense. Uh, Aldridge and DeRozan, I both think that they're like fine where they're priced, but there's going to be better guys to pay up for on this slate, in my opinion. So not really a whole lot of interest from me. Uh, from the Kings side of the game, De'Aaron Fox is still a safe play. But one thing we did see with uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich back last game is it cut into Buddy Heald's minutes a lot. So the only guy who I'm really looking at right now for the Kings is going to be De'Aaron Fox. And then just another spot where there's better plays on this slate. So not going to stretch too much. Final game on the slate is the Golden State Warriors at the LA Clippers. We have Steph Curry questionable, Draymond Green questionable. Uh, If Curry's out, Quinn Cook moves into the starting lineup. He's at 5,000. So the question becomes, is 5000 too much to pay for Quinn Cook? And to me, it isn't. Last game played 30 minutes, scored 41.75 fantasy points. Last year, when we saw Curry out, Cook was priced in like the high 6000 range for most of the time. So 5000 I think that's still a pretty good discount on Quinn Cook. Uh, also, Kevin Durant would have a larger role if Curry and Green are both ruled out. Last game for Durant, uh, 33 usage rating, scored 57.75 fantasy points. I think that he would be the guy to pay up for if Curry and Green are both ruled out. Uh, If both of them play, then I I don't think that's a good price for Durant. That's a bit too expensive at 11,000. He's really specific on injuries to the other guys. Uh, And then from the Clippers side of the game, uh, we have... This is not going to be a Boban game. Boban started a couple games, then last game he didn't start and basically didn't end up playing at all. A matchup against the Warriors who play a lot of small ball, like that's that's a game where Boban just can't stay on the court, so we don't have to consider him. Uh, Danilo Gallinari and Tobias Harris, I think, are both fine for cash games, but not really core plays for me. There's a lot of value on this slate. There's uh, there's going to be better guys to roster. So that's going to finish today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at GAaronBergDFS. I hope you guys had a good weekend, and I'll be back to record a podcast tomorrow for Tuesday Slate.